0: Welcome to Ulrig Observations, a series of short podcasts by Castletown Heritage Society exploring the social history and heritage of the village of Castletown and the parish of Ulrig in Caithness, Scotland. Episode 7, The St Dunstan's Clock Some years ago, a suitcase containing several artefacts, some from World War I, was donated to Castle Hill. The same family also donated a clock. The clock has a small plaque on the top of it. The plaque says St Dunstan's, 1915 to 1965. St Dunstan's is also written in Braille. Amongst the suitcase objects were two large photographs. One is of two small boys dressed in brown velvet suits with white lacy collars and pearly buttons. Both boys have very curly, fairish hair. This photograph has colour instructions written on the back and has been hand tinted. The second photograph is of a family group of four. The two boys from the first photograph and their parents. The father is sitting with the younger boy on his knee. The boy is smiling very happily. The older boy is standing next to his mother looking very solemn. The mother is standing next to the father. She is wearing an ankle-length skirt and an embroidered tunic. Her long hair is fastened up. Father is in a suit, with a white shirt, a jumper, and lovely shiny boots which have obviously been polished. All the family, apart from the father, are looking at the camera. The father appears to be staring straight ahead, and I will come to the reason for this later. We know these photographs are of the Mackay family, Walter, Jessie nae Coakhill, his wife, and their two sons. It is Walter I wish to talk about. Walter Ross Taylor Sinclair was born in Dunbeef on March the thirtieth, eighteen eighty-eight. His mother was Jane Mackay nae Sinclair, but his oldest sister brought him up when his mother died young. Walter had one older brother, George, who unfortunately died in France on March the 3rd, 1917. He also had three sisters. The names Walter Ross Taylor are from the minister of Old St Peter's in Thurso. This was a common practice of naming after the minister in Caithness. In 1910, Walter, at the age of 18, emigrated to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada, where he worked as a teamster. A teamster drove horses or oxen. He was still single. We find him still in Moose Jaw at the onset of World War I. He enlisted on the 3rd of August 1915 and became part of the Canadian Overseas expeditionary force. On the 21st of October, 1915, he embarked on the SS Lapland and sailed from Halifax, Canada to Devonport, England, disembarking on the 2nd of November, 1915. Following a period of training, he left for France on the 16th of June, 1916, ready for overseas service with the 3rd Canadian Battalion. He was now in the field of battle. On July 7th, 1916, he sustained a shrapnel wound to his back. He was shipped to Folkestone and then on to Epsom for treatment, returning to France on January 16th, 1917, having undergone more training. He was once more in the field of battle. He had a period of hospitalisation in France from October 1917 to November 1917. This was for a middle ear infection. He then returned to duty in the field. On the 2nd of February 1918, he gained promotion to Lance Corporal. On the 30th of August 1918, whilst fighting in the Second Battle of Arras, which was from August 26 to September the 3rd. Walter sustained devastating and life-changing shrapnel wounds to his face, right arm and left leg. His eyes were basically destroyed. He was taken from Boulogne to England and then transferred to different hospitals, such as the Western General Hospital in Manchester, the Westcliff Canadian Eye and Ear Hospital in Folkestone. He was eventually transferred to St Dunstan's in London. His right eye had been removed and a glass one was fitted. His left eye was blind and shrunken, although in bright light he could see shadows, but this caused him great pain. St Dunstan's Hospital for Blind Soldiers and Sailors was founded in 1915 by Sir Arthur Pearson. Here the men had to learn to be blind. The emphasis was on training using various forms of technology to enable men to utilise their skills to help them in the future. Some also learnt Braille. It is no longer called St Dunstan's but Blind Veterans UK and they provide free support for blind veterans. Walter was discharged from St Dunstan's on March seventeenth, 1919. During the time between leaving St Dunstan's and being discharged from the Canadian Army on the 24th of September 1919, Walter married Jessie Cokill, who was 40 years old and was living in Leith at the time. Jessie originated from Toth's of Tain in Caithness. They married in Leith on the 26th of July, 1919. On his discharge from the army, they returned to Toffs of Tain. The 9th of June, 1920, finds him embarking on a ship bound for Canada. And in the 1921 Canadian census, they are found living in Moosejaw, Saskatchewan. Walter is now a net maker. They also have their first son, William, who was about four months old. They did not stay long in Canada. They arrived back in Southampton in 1922. We do not know where they went from Southampton, but we know that Walter lived out his life in Caithness. He was one of the original tenants in Harland Gardens, Castletown which were built in the early 1930s. He died in Thurso in 1982. The clock is an anniversary clock to commemorate 50 years of St Dunstan's. It has no glass because it is meant for a blind person. The braille dots marking the numbers can be felt. Numbers 12, 3, 6 and 9 are marked to orientate the rest of the numbers, Walter or someone in his family must have bought the clock in 1965. We now know why Walter is not looking at the camera but staring straight ahead. It is because he is blind. And in all the small photographs that we have of Walter, maybe of his wife or with his children, he is always looking but not seeing. If you would like to find out more about Castletown Heritage Society, the village of Castletown or the parish of Ulrich, visit our website www.castletownheritage.co.uk